going back to where we left off um, before Christmas, uh, dealing with Isaiah chapter 9, verse 1 through, through 7, reading out of the Amplified Bible. We are trying to make clear some foundational truths. Foundational truths. <clears throat> it is read as such in the Amplified will be on the screen before you. But in the midst of judgment, there is the promise and the certainty of the Lord's deliverance. There shall be no gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former times, the Lord brought into contempt the land of Jubilant and the land of Nephetali. and But in the later times, he made it glorious by the way of the Sea of Galilee, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelled in a land of intense darkness and the shadow of death upon them has the light shined. You, O oh Lord, have multiplied the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you like the joy in harvest. Man, let me get that out my mouth so I can talk right. Men rejoice when they divide the spoils of the battle. For the yoke of Israel's burden and the staff of the rod for goading their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken as in the day of Gideon, with the Mennonites. For every trampling soldier's war boots and all his armor in the battle turmoil, every garment rolled in blood shall be burnt as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father of Eternity, Prince of Peace. Amen. Standing on the truth concerning Jesus, the foundational truth concerning Jesus. Father, even now as we pray, we ask that you would just move Tracy out the way. Give increase of anointing. Give dunamis power. Give the ability to articulate and to speak that which needs to be spoken today. Father, as, as, as I speak, allow there to be a Shankana glory in this place that, Lord, that, that there may be a receptive spirit of your truth, that the light may turn on, that the lie may depart, that darkness will move, that we may stand in your light. Lord, even now, have your way. Lord, even now, have your way. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I was listening to somebody that was talking about the truths of our, the importance of foundations, and, and there was a, a realtor, and they said that the most important thing you need to check before you buy the house to see that it's on a firm foundation. So don't, don't, don't get caught up in how beautiful the indecorate is on the inside, the fresh paint, the wood floors, even the roof and the windows that you need to make your way around the outer perimeter of the house to see if there's some cracking. Even if it is a, a, a brick house, walk around to see 
what degree of cracking there is in the outward makeup of the house because it sits on a foundation. And if the foundation is shifting, you will begin to see cracking in the outer walls of the house. And it lets you know that something is wrong. <laughs> Why? Because anything that is standing on a shifting foundation that the storm, the wind will cause a disaster because unless the foundation is sure, it's going to fall. This series of sermons that I've been preaching from this text that started before Christmas is, 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 is trying to make sure that our foundation is sure because I'm telling you, as sure as I'm standing here, the wind and the storm is coming because we are at a place in society that the name of Jesus is provoking attitudes and anger. And how dare you say that Jesus, you can preach about God, you can say God, you can be spiritual, you can do all that. But when you stand up and say Jesus Christ, attitudes begin to happen. Oh, y'all need to walk with me. Because some of us don't understand what has happened. There have been a shift in attitudes. There have been a shift in the, 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 the paradigm. Because now we as Christians, when one time people look to us, they now say that if you are a Christian, you are intolerant. How, how dare you stand on that single name, on that single person. It, why, how in the world can you believe that what you believe is right and everybody else is wrong? But watch this, because if we say that Jesus is the only way, that's what we're saying. That's what the Bible says. And, and from a world perspective, how dare we? See, I'm afraid that even some of us as Christians are not sure. That, that we are wavering because we can't answer the critics. We don't know the foundational truths of why Jesus is the only one. So, so, so when we are confronted and, 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 and bombarded by questions and, and criticism, we don't quite know what to say. Friend I grew up with was a couple years older than me, moved away, came back, and, and he came back a Muslim. Grew up in a Christian house and and I, I didn't, you know, hey, what's up, man? What's going on? What's going on? So he, he began to attack me. You know, he, he knew I preach and all that. His brother told him I preach. And I just listened to him. And, and he just said, well, why do you Christians hate us? I said, I don't hate you. I love you. But you know why he said that? Because that's not the only time I've heard that. The reason why he said that, because many times as Christians, because we don't know our stuff, when he gets into conversation with Christians, instead of being able to reason and logically debate what we believe, we get an attitude and get mad. <laughs> and let me be honest with you. If that is your move, it makes you look weak. I say, I'm not mad at you. And as he began to expel what he believed, I, I, I just listened and, and why this and this and that. I just asked him one question. I just said, have you ever sinned? Have you ever did anything wrong? I cornered him because I know that he had. <laughs> That's like I know all of us have. 
And I said, but what you going to do with your sin? Well, what has, what does Muslim believe about all of us being sinner and God being holy? And you, see, what I did was I tapped into his conscience and the moral value that God placed in all of us. See, no matter who you are, you know when, even a kid know he has sinned. You know, I saw the strangest thing on TV. This is what I saw. I saw a dog that tore up some furniture at home and they put some video on it and she asked him, did you do it? He went, ah, ah. I said, I said, dogs don't know conscience, so how, how, how come he, he won't even look at her in her eye? The way God has made us in our fiber being is, I don't care who you are, you know when you have sinned. Our own conscience convicts us. Our own conscience tells us we have done wrong. So, so, so Buddhist, Hindu, it doesn't matter. If you want to be truthful, you, we know, even a child know. Nobody taught that child how to lie. Have, have you been in the cookie jar? No, cooking crumbs all over their face. Cookie crumbs all over their clothes, and they would say, No, well, why you got crumbs across your body? Oh, yeah. Well, the conscience that's in us. You know what? Dogs don't get together and debate whether it was wrong that they, that they killed the cat. Ooh, man, you know you was wrong. That, that cat wasn't messing with you. Somebody said, you're so silly. But it's true. But you get the picture, don't you? You get the picture. Why? Because they have no moral conscience. But we watch TV and we say, that's not justice. That's not right. And it enrages us when we see things and injustices that are done to other people. That is strictly human. That is strictly because we've been made in the image of God. That is strictly that separates us from animals. They don't have that injustice that come up. They don't, they, don't, they don't have that battle. But for us, yes, it's there because there is a moral, holy God that has put a moral conscience in us so we know right from wrong. So therefore, we know sin. <laughs> Listen, Buddhists, Hindu, Muslim, they don't deal with the sin problem. You know why they're able to put a bomb on themselves and, 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 and go into a crowd blow themselves up? Because for a Muslim, that's the only way that they're guaranteed to get to heaven. They don't know, I don't care how devoted they is, because their God is not in their life. Their God sits aloof, and he just makes a decision whether he wants you in or whether he don't want you in. The only way that the Quran tells you is that if you die in holy war, if you sacrifice holy war, you're going to get in. So they would strap a bomb to themselves. My brothers and sisters, unless we understand the paradigm of what is happening, you would get into a discussion with somebody and it will back you up in the corner and it will make you feel where maybe there is many ways yes. to God. Because yes, yes. it does seem to be to limit it just Christ being the only way. Y'all ready to think with me? Christianity isn't the largest religion in the world. Muslim, Hinduism, 
Buddhism is. So how is it that God can justify his goodness when all men to be saved when most of the world don't even know Jesus? Some of them haven't even heard. I, I, I like to debate with you that what God is trying to do is crack through that consciousness of sin, crack through that consciousness that they need God, and if God can get a crack, even without the gospel being preached to them, God will show up, show out, even in the thousands of people, thousands and thousands of people, Muslims being saved because they are in total despair and Jesus is showing up in their dreams. Because all he wants is a crack. You know, I got a phone call the other day. I was, I was, I was kind of, um, I was kind of like, okay, the name came up. I was on another phone. Name come up, and I said, huh, I haven't talked to him in a long time. It's, it's been something like uh, uh, almost 30 years that I used to work at U.S. Shoes. While I was working there, there was an older man who was a Jewish man, grew up Jewish, and, and, and he was calling me. I said, wow, I'm, entire, I'm surprised he's even still alive. So I called him back, 87 years old, and this is what he said to me. Tracy, God told me to call you. I said, this interesting. <laughs> As a matter of fact, pray for me because I got an appointment to go to his house tomorrow. But we, 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 met at, we met at Starbucks, and in our conversation, he started telling me, Tracy, my wife died. Tracy, he said, I got to the place where I was in such despair. He said, he said I, I walked into my kitchen and out of my despair, I asked God, if you are real, show me. He said, the moment he said that, the clock fell off the wall, hit the floor. 87 years old, and that's what he told me when we was on the phone. He said, I got a purpose now, Tracy. I said, what's your purpose? To spread the gospel, to tell everybody. Now, he's a baby Christian. He, he's confusing this with this. But I asked him about Jesus. He said, yeah, I believe that Jesus is the Messiah. 87, we're in Starbucks. People looking at us because here it is, 87-year-old Jewish man sitting across the table from me. And folks wonder what we had in common. Let me tell you what we had in common. Jesus. I mean, he had religion before. And now he is so on fire. He said, this is so good. This is how, my, my question is, how could an 87-year-old old Jewish man be more excited about Jesus than Christians who know more than trying to tell everybody about Jesus and don't know much of what he's talking about. All that he knows that the clock fell off. He asked Jesus in his life and he never had this before. Have we? It's personal. Have we allowed religion to replace our personal relationship with Jesus? Have, have, we, have, we, have, we, have we replaced a lot of what this day-to-day -day experience and excitement was trying to be good enough? And the truth of the matter is, we can't be good enough. Listen, for the wages of sin, not sins, single sin, is death, separation from God. You know why Jesus came? Because he came to, to, to defeat the work of Satan, that Satan made us all sinners. So Jesus had to pay the price so that the holiness of God can be fulfilled. 
And if you don't have Jesus, you are still in your sins. I'm not trying to work my way to heaven. I got heaven. I, I'm just trying to, trying to get closer to my Jesus who paid the price. Watch our scripture. Watch our scripture. People who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in a land of intense darkness and a shadow. That, what he's saying is, he said, this is 700 years ago. And Jesus is, and the Lord is saying, I'm going to reach out to everybody. I just wasn't for the Jews. I want everybody. He said, because the rest of the world, the Gentile world, is walking in darkness, intense darkness. Matter of fact, they're walking in death. Listen, he didn't come to make you better. He came to save you from death to life. It's amazing that you can talk to folks who don't see, and I don't care how much you talk, you can't make them see. Our job is just to plant the seed that the Holy Spirit can work on that seed. It takes a work of God for somebody to see Jesus. It takes the Holy Spirit is the only one that can work. Saw this TV show, and this person was dead, heart stuff, and they 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 put some jug, some some jelly, Vaseline on those paddles, and they said everybody clear, and they boom boom boom, turn it up higher, boom boom boom, they are sending electrical charges into the person's body to jumpstart their heart. They were dead. And if they catch it soon enough, the electrical charge going through their body can stop their, can start their heart beating again. Listen, I don't care how much electricity hits you, it won't make you see. You know what make you see, Jesus? Is the Holy Spirit got enough power to make a change in our lives. That's what he's talking about. A light has come. That I have come, my love has moved me to do what nothing else can do. God so loved the world that he get. Why did he come? Because God so loved the world that God said, since they can't do it, I'm going to do it for them. Let me step down. Come in a form. Let me go back to my scripture. He said, you are going to have multiplied the nations and increase their joy. You know, I, I don't know if y'all remember when you wasn't saved. You had a little bit of joy sometimes. It might have been the joint you were smoking that gave you joy. <laughs> or the drink you just drunk that gave you joy. Or the partying you just did that gave you joy. You found the ability to have some joy or happiness some way. And what he's saying is, is that that's still a, a, a blessing from God. That's still God that is giving you the capability of that. He said, he said it's not the right joy, but, but you know what joy is. Now I said, he said, but when you know the Lord, he says, now all of a sudden, you can have joy when everything's going wrong. It's amazing that, that as, as we was doing the eulogy and the choir was singing, Carmelita with her son in here stood up on her feet. And I, I see that with, 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 with Christians, but, but I, I've been to services that was mostly non-believers and the, and, and the people who feel like, and, I, I, and, and they're singing and I'm trying to preach and you can't move them because the capacity to have joy at that time, they just don't get it. Carmelita has an expectation on the table. Her son accepted the Lord about a year ago, so she's expecting to see him in heaven. So, so even in the midst of her tears, in the midst of her struggle, there's a joy of the Lord that 
is beyond understanding that enables her to praise God in the midst of a broken heart. Oh, y'all, 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 y'all need to hear me. When you know that you know Jesus, I don't care what the world throw at you. When you think about his goodness and all that he has been to you, you still can say, thank you, Jesus. You still can give him a prayer. If circumstances shut your mouth, then you need to look back and see whether your experience with Jesus is real or not. Because there's something about the Lord that in spite of circumstances, situation, that you still can shout and praise his name because he's in your situation with you. <laughs> there's an inward something. See, see, I, 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 I have learned, I'm still learning, that, that it doesn't matter how I start off. I may start off not feeling good down in the dumps, the devil kicking my butt by words, but don't let me get on my knees. Don't, don't, don't let me start thinking about how good he's been. Don't, don't let me rehearse how God done brought me over. Don't let me start, start saying thank you. Don't, don't let me get the name of Jesus out my mouth because if you let me do that, Satan, I'm sorry. I'm not staying in my pity party too long because he's been too good. He's been too good. He's been too good. My, my brothers and sisters, that's not religion. That's relationship. That's relationship. The experience of Jesus is real. It's personal. It's just for you. My story is not your story, but you ought to have a story. I hate to say this, but I got to say this. There's some folks, and, I, and this breaks my heart, from church they will go to hell. They got religion, but they never broke through to Jesus. There's never been a true connection, a true, sure, this, this, this man and his declaration, he, all he said is, if you are real, because what I've been brought up in, what I have believed for 87 years, it can't contain me. It can't help me. I'm at a place of brokenness, and if you are really real, I'm not even sure, but I'm searching for you. I'm looking for you. I need to know. I don't want a system of belief. I'm not even sure what I believe. But if you will, show me now. And a clock that been there for a long time jumped off its nail. The nail didn't even fall out. It jumped off the nail. Don't tell me God won't show himself to somebody that is open to see. Don't tell me God won't meet you where you're at to show you he is real. And people say, well, what about the millions of people in India? Well, I got, I got, I, 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 I got news for you. God loves them more than you do. And the Holy Spirit is in the world to bring conviction so that they will have that crack of searching so that the Lord can meet them at the point yes, of where yes, they are. That's, that's what he's talking about in this scripture. He said, he said, in a place of darkness, intense darkness, even death, he said, he said a light will shine. My light is going to shine because that's the purpose of Jesus coming, of the Holy Spirit coming, that the Holy Spirit will crack through and show them Jesus if you got to show up in a dream. That's how awesome our God is. You don't have to be ashamed 
in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a world that's trying to make you ashamed of what you believe. Jesus is the real thing. He is the right thing. And God is loving. In the midst of situation, he is working it out across the world. Oh, I heard this preacher say, he said, he said this, this man was saying, you know, in India, that's why I can't believe. And the man, he said, he asked, he said, have you ever been to India? He said, no. He said, I have. Because my compassion was to preach to them. So the Lord sent me to India to preach to those who don't have the gospel. So your concern that you think that you have about India, but yet it hasn't moved you to go to India. <laughs> but God moved me because God is much more concerned about his people than you are. My brother and sister, you don't have to let people put you <laughs> in a corner. Trust the love of God. Trust the purpose of God. Trust that God is doing far more than what we see. We, we, we are one dot in the whole work of God. Do not confine God to just what you see. <laughs> God, God, God is doing some awesome amazing, awesome stuff. God, God, God is more concerned about those in the world than we are. Don't, don't, don't get so caught up watching the news all the time because the news make money off of bad news. Did y'all hear that? And, and if you watch too much bad news, all your thoughts is going to be bad thoughts. My God, you better have the Bible and the news so that the hope of Jesus is really seen and not the next. If you watch the news and all this fussing and fighting on these reality shows that are taking over, it's a wonder folks ain't going crazy because you can't have all that mess in your head and see the move of God. <laughs> let, me, let me go on. He says, he says, he says, he says, it's like the joy of harvest when men rejoice, when they divide, our, when men divide the spoils of battle. I mean, when they have won and now they take all their gold and silver. He said, it's a rejoicing time. And in those days, they would come and people would line up as David would come through and they would throw clothes and silver and gold where everybody would join in, in the riches. So there was great joy, not only victory, but, but, but now riches too. Did you know that the slaves of, the, of, the, uh, of Moses, of the Israelites, walked out of Egypt rich. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did y'all know that? The Egyptians were so glad to get rid of them. <laughs> Here, take all my gold. Here, take all my diamonds. Here, take all my, just gold. They got paid for 400 years of slavery in one day. Don't tell me my God's not bad. You, you, he will repay you for whatever you got to go through. God, if you trust him, God will repay you. Don't look to other folks. Look to God to pay you. You'll be good to folks and know that God will pay you. Let me, I know, I, I, I told y'all we're going to be out here early. I'm trying. We're going to get out here. <laughs> every, every, he says, he says that he would break the yoke off of Israel. Here, he's talking about his people who are most of Israel, in Israel, is, 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 is still in darkness. It's amazing. I was talking to one of my friends that, uh, 
that do a tour in Israel. And this is what he said. He says, when they're on the guide, he said, there's one guy in particular they asked for. He said, he knows the Old Testament and the New Testament. He can quote it. But he don't believe the New Testament. But the discipline that they learned as children is not just to read it, but to memorize it. So, so he can quote almost books and chapters, not just of the Old Testament, but there's a blindfold over. The, uh, he said there's a small percentage of Jewish folks who see Jesus as the Messiah, and they're still waiting on the Messiah because they don't deal with the sin problem. They thought that Jesus was going to come as a earthly king and set up his kingdom and make them the number one nation in the world. But what they didn't realize is that God deals with the spirit first. He had to deal with our sin problem. That's why 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 21 says that he who knew no sin became sin. Literally, God bundled up the whole world's sin, laid it on Jesus, and his wrath went on Jesus. So, so, so if you are in Jesus, God's Holiness is already satisfied on you because Jesus paid it all. I guess I need to say that another way. The wrath that should have been mine and yours because we've fallen short of the glory of God. And God's holiness demands judgment on sin. The reason why we don't get judged is because we're covered by the blood. We're covered by the blood. Jesus spilled his blood so that you don't have to spill your blood. So now, regardless of what I've done, regardless of what I do, past, present, and future, the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood. And he proved that he had the power to do that by getting up from the grave and sit on the right hand of the Father. Listen, no other religion deals with the sin problem, and that's the problem. Exclusively Jesus, you better believe him. Why? Because he is the love of God towards us. It's God becoming one of us to do for us what nobody else could. You know what? That's shouting preaching right there. That's something to shout about. That's something to say, I know he's real. You know, watch this. Then not only that, now he walks with us and talks with us and have fellowship with us and get in our mess with us and get us out of our mess and, and, and help us and direct us. Let me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me see if I can finish up. He said that the time is going to come when, when the yoke is going to be broken off of Israel that because they are his people, that they will see. Then it says, for every uh, trampling warrior, uh, war boots, and all of his armor. And he's saying, he's, he's giving a picture of war. He said, the boots, he said, the armor, and, and he said, war is bloody. He said, it's going to come a time when there's going to be war no more. Did y'all hear that? There's going to come a time when there's no struggle no more. <laughs> I wish I could say this in a way that would click for folks, but sometimes we get caught up in life situation and we ask, where is God? Well, my brother and sister, we're not home yet. That's right. That's right. That's right. If we was in the army 
and we were sent behind enemy lines, we don't expect peace. Uh, we know that we got to be on guard because we have assignment behind enemy line. In case somebody don't understand what behind enemy line is, is that behind enemy line, if I drew a line from here to here, okay, and y'all are on my side, but I sent y'all into the enemy's territory, you can expect the enemy to do everything he can to stop you from your assignment. So let me tell you, since you know it's wartime, do you expect not to be bothered? Since you know it's wartime, don't you think the enemy going to shoot at you? Don't you think the bomb's going to drop? Don't you, think, don't, don't you think that they got machine guns coming at you? Don't you think they're going to give you trouble? Because that's their land. Well, guess what? The devil is the small g of this world. And we as the church has been planted in enemy's territory. So don't you think he's going to do everything he can to get you off of what you're supposed to be doing? We are on assignment. We're not home yet. He's going to mess with everything. He's going to mess with your finance. He's going to mess with your relationships. He's going to mess with your children, your grandchildren. He's going to make your cat and your dog act funny. He's going to mess with your job. He's going to put his hands on anything that's going to mess your door, your, 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 your washing machine going to mess up. Your car going to mess up. Anything that's going to get you up. Then we have the nerve to credit it to God instead of realizing you're behind enemy line. Comes with the territory. Well, my brothers and sisters, we're not home yet. But the time is going to come where we won't have to war no more. You know, he says, hey, he says you're going to take those things and burn in the fire because it will no longer be necessary. He says, for us, a child is born. That's the human part of Jesus. To us, a son, whose son? God's son. That's the divineness of Jesus. Fully man, but fully God. Oh, this is a hard concept for us, but, 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 you know, when Jesus would say that he's the son of God, the Jewish people was going to stone him because this is what they said. You make yourself God. Why? Because this is what they believe. Robbie Zechariah, who's probably the baddest um, uh, apologetics that, that, you know, he's just a bad boy. He argues and defends the gospel. I, I've heard him uh, uh, debate Muslims, and he will quote their, their Quran. He will quote their professors. He know it better than they do. He grew up in India. He know Hinduism and all that, because in order to be as good as he is, you got to know their thinking. Bad boy. They fly him in the universities. He go into Muslim countries and go in where he don't know whether he's going to get out or not because they will cut your head off now. <laughs> okay? And, but he goes in because he's requested and he's not quite sure whether he's going to go in or not. Well, he says, he says, what was my point? Okay, I got it now. <laughs> he says that he... I lost it again. Hold it to old age. <laughs> okay, hold it to old age, okay? It will come back, it will come back. Huh? It will, he'll bring it back to me? Okay, thank you, thank you. Oh, I got it now. Thank you, thank you. It just dropped back down. You know, wow, I was going to other story, but the right story came now. He said, he said, when he goes to India, he said, now, he got a whole list. He got so many doctorates. He got so many lists of what they could read about him. They don't read that. You know what they read? 
Because India is a class society. Okay? Where, where it's what class you in. When he goes there, the only reason they give him a hearing is based on who his father was. They read, they stand up, and when they introduce him, they say his father's name, and they give all the things that his father did, what his father said, what his father did, the, the degree, and, and worked for the government, and all that. And then they turn to Robbie and say, here he, him, his son. Because what they do, they credit to Robbie everything that his father was. That's what the Bible says when he says, I'm the son. It's not a lesser God. It's God. Since he's the son of God, everything that you credit to God, Jehovah, Elohim, you credit to Jesus. We miss that because we read it from a Western mindset and not from an Eastern mindset. But they get it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, so everything you see of God in the Old Testament, God the Creator, is Him in human flesh. He's the son, the divineness of Jesus is right in this head. Look at the, look at, look at this. It's, 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 the, it's the humanness and divineness. It's the frailty and the all-powerfulness. Wrapped up in this baby in Bethlehem. And if you don't see him as both, you messed up. If you don't see him bigger than your problems, bigger than your situation, bigger than your heartache, bigger than your pain, bigger, 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 and then the joy of the Lord will escape you because you don't see him big enough. Listen to this. Look how it goes into this. And his name shall be wonderful. Uh, maybe it should be wonderful, comma, Counselor, because I don't know about you, he's wonderful. I, I don't know how he's been in your life, but he's been wonderful in my life. When I look back over how he brought me, hallelujah, wonderful, awesome. We start singing a song at the 8 o'clock, and they just start saying, Jesus, and people just started shouting because at the name of Jesus, it will provoke something. It will provoke either tears or anger. But if you have experienced the wonderfulness of Jesus, I don't know how you can sit still when somebody's saying his name. Matter of fact, if you start saying the name of Jesus to yourself, it ought to provoke praise out of your lips. Oh, he's wonderful. Oh, he's awesome. Oh, he's marvelous. God is excellent. He's everything. He's everything. He's everything. Has he not been your counselor? Hasn't, hasn't he guided you and led you, been there for you? I don't know about you. I've been in some tight situations that I didn't know how to get out of. But I got on my knees and asked God, show me, teach me. And God let me through dangerous hills and dangerous valleys. That counsel of God will keep you. Oh, yes, it will. Oh, yes, it will. See, what's that? Only if you know him can you affirm with me what I'm talking about. Only if you have experience. See, see, religion, religion don't make you happy. Relationship make you happy. And when you know that he has stepped into your mess, into your situation, and been there for you. Hallelujah. 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 
Hallelujah. He's a mighty God. You can't tell me my God not mighty. He's been mighty towards you. Hallelujah. Mighty God stepped in, pulled you out, delivered you, healed you, saved you. Hallelujah. He's a mighty. He's a mighty. He's a mighty. He's a mighty. He's a mighty God. Just talking about Jesus. I'm just talking about Jesus. See? Unless you know him, you don't see him as this. Not religion. It's personal. You know what amazes me? How can he be that personal with me than that personal with you? I don't know your story. I got my own story. But you can't shout off of my story. You need to have a story that you can shout about. My story ought to make you think about your story. So when I start shouting, something ought to make you want to shout too. Because if he's been this good to me, I know he's been this good to you. Whether you recognize it or not, he has been. And I'm of the opinion we haven't seen anything. Yeah. It's amazing. I thought I knew something last year. But compared to what he hasn't taught me this year, I didn't know nothing. Did I recognize that compare to what he's going to show me by this time next year? I don't know nothing. All I know is Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to me. And he keep on getting better. Not that he's changing, but my understanding of the goodness of God is growing. Hallelujah. I got some more praise to praise him about. My testimony is expanding. I got to can't help this, y'all. Sometimes I don't have to wait till I get to church. I got to praise when I'm by myself. Uh, Satan trying to get you down. But don't let us get on our knees. Don't let us begin to remember how good he's been because something on the inside starts to stir in. You may have started off kind of down this morning, but I pray if you got something, you can't be down when somebody starts talking about the goodness, the wonderfulness, the might of our Jesus. Somebody ought to say thank you, thank you.